0: Welcome back to what do you want to watch the show hosted by myself Nathan English and David Dirks and the people that wear seafoam green pants and blue jerseys playing the Dallas Fort Worth area may not be dim boys after the pasting they received on Sunday Night Football. But David and I are still dim boys who are going to be back with another edition of What Do You Want to Watch? Talking about the NFL. We're going to recap the important moments from Week 5, make some picks for Week 6, and then as always, We're going to throw in a little bit of movies at the end, and unprompted, unprepared, I'm going to ask David a few questions about the new Exorcist film that he had the pleasure of watching last week, that I'm still trying to debate whether it's worth me to drive 15 minutes to a movie theater to watch it. That's how bad the reviews are for this film. So I'm going to ask David about that at the end, but before that, we got a bunch of gridiron talk to get through, so let's get into it. Yes, sir. You know, one of my least favorite things on the planet is to say that I'm right, um, you know, and tell people that I was correct about a take that I had. It's just, it almost hurts me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Last week on this podcast, I said I did not think the Cowboys 49ers game was going to be close, that I thought that it was a game that was overhyped because of the names of both teams but i thought that the 49ers were far superior and i said that it was going to be a multiple touchdown spread in the game david would you like to tell me what happened in the 49ers cowboy's sunday night football
1: game the cowboys fought hard for four minutes of the first quarter (laughs) the niners proceeded to win 42 to 10 the niners starters actually were benched with like i don't know 4 minutes into the 4th quarter cuz uh it was just too much, too much to handle. So, yeah. Rough.
0: Dak looked like Dak Prescott. Uh, thank you for returning to earth, <laughs> my my boy. Um yeah, the the 49ers were just doing anything that they wanted um offensively and defensively. Defensively they were maybe even more impressive because um, they were just dominating the line of scrimmage. Their linebackers are so fast. They yeah. um, were just everywhere. And then offensively, Brock Purdy continued to make the plays that he needed to make to put this team in good positions to score on drives. And so, I I, I mean, I don't know um, what you actually want to put in terms of ranking Brock Purdy among um quarterbacks in the league but the way he is playing right now if you had to take quarterbacks just what they're playing at this season how how good they're playing this season he's got to be in the top 10 maybe even the top five right
1: yeah i mean i need he must have listened to the podcast last week because i apologize brock for saying that you were the weakness of this niners team because odd timing for him to just ball out and just i mean he's not just dumping you know, passes off in the flats, uh, shallow routes, like especially against the Cowboys, which is, you know, statistically one of the top defenses right now. Like, I mean, he was tearing it up, deep balls down the middle, uh, in between guys. Like, he had some good, good passes, and, uh, I, yeah, um, right now, I I think he has to be top five quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I'd say today, like, how. Quarterbacks are playing today. Like, Can you think of five quarterbacks you would take over Brock?
0: No. I mean, and even some of these quarterbacks have not really played better than Brock this season. It's just the name. I mean, obviously, you're going to say Mahomes. I think Jaylen? that Jalen has to be up there. Maybe, honestly, Jared Goff at this point. Um And Two. after after jared you'd probably say tua and brock like that's the five quarterbacks mm-hmm. and i think mahomes actually might be playing the worst out of all those guys um if you actually if you look at statistics mahomes is playing the worst out of all those guys and so i, I don't i don't know on the flip side once again this is why every time people talk about how much money dak prescott has made and like, talk about how good he is as a quarterback. You have to point to games like this 14 for 24, 153 yards with one touchdown and three picks. And two of the picks were really, really stupid. Uh, it's just, I, I don't, I like, I don't know. He's, he's just really bad. In a lot of these games where he plays tough defenses. And it seems like they're due for one of these every year. And I know what's going to happen. They are going to just absolutely blow out the next team that they play. Who's probably so I don't even haven't even looked at the schedule, but I'm sure they play somebody who's not very good. Oh, they play the Chargers. So they're probably going to blow out the Chargers and everybody's going to be like, oh, my gosh, Cowboys. That was just a fluke. This team is not good enough to make an NFC Championship game with Dak Prescott as the quarterback. Their defense didn't play that well, but Dak was not helping their defense out by not giving them any rest time because he was just throwing interceptions. So I... I don't know. I don't know what to say other than Dak Prescott is not the guy. He hasn't ever really been the guy. We have seen time and time again when it gets to the playoffs that he isn't the guy. Need I remind you what happened whenever he just ran a quarterback draw with 14 seconds left and got tackled in the middle of the field and then didn't run another play to end a playoff game like this guy is not the guy. And yet Jerry Jones has still believes in him and gave him this massive contract extension. And I don't know if they're gonna move him. I, I again, I think I this comparison has been made a lot. Would you take Dak Prescott over Kirk Cousins right now as your quarterback? No. Right. I wouldn't either.
1: And if we're just looking how, I mean, if we just want to do pure stats, like actually, I think Kirk actually leads the league in touchdown passes right now. Um,
0: And he was close in yards as well.
1: Yeah. So like you know, he's at least getting the ball where it needs to be. And yeah, I don't do that. It's, I don't know. It's kind of weird too. Like, I mean, a lot of it is, is his fault, but I feel like like his first couple of years, I feel like they had like quarterback designed runs a lot. Cause that's kind of his strength. He's a physical runner. He can get down the field. I feel like they've just completely taken that out of the playbook. Um, mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> I don't completely blame, you know, the coaches or whatever. Like a lot of it is on him. He's not looking good. But do you think that has something to do with it? Like, one of his strengths is, like, he's like a Josh Allen, like a physical runner, um, and can get down the field, can break a couple tackles, can get you chunk yards on a quarterback design run. And I feel like we just haven't seen that the last couple years. I mean, do you think that is, like, the reason?
0: Is that maybe a reaction to the injury, though? I mean, we can't forget that Dak had a horrific, horrific leg injury um, that I'm sure obviously affected him physically, but even more so, I'm sure affected him mentally as a runner, as a running quarterback, which you're right is what made him dangerous. But Dak has never had the decision-making skills and the arm talent to make up for it, even in the way that a guy like, I mean, the ultimate example is Cam Newton. Everybody looks at Cam Newton and sees a guy who could just run and that he was a running quarterback who was built like a, oversized middle linebacker and he could just run through everybody. But if you actually go look back at like the three prime years of Panthers, Cam Newton, his passing stats were insane. He was great in the pocket. He was great outside of the pocket. And I just don't know that Dak is really the dual threat. And I think that he can get away with it because he's had such superior talent at the wide receiver position. And for most of the his tenure and the offensive line has also been great for the cowboys so i think that he's been able to get away with it but when it comes down to crunch time and you need Dak prescott to make a play with his arm i don't i, I can you count on it i don't think so and so i think this game exposes him i think that um I mean, when they play the Eagles, I think that it's going to be bad for him too, especially with the way that the Eagles defensive line plays. Like that is a scary defensive line the Eagles have. And so I just don't think he's good enough. I think you're right in that they've probably taken some of those plays out and that may be what made him successful. But I don't know if he could still be that effective runner because I don't think we've really seen them do a lot of design runs since that injury.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and honestly, like, We've talked about this. The Cowboys win games they're supposed to. That's that's obvious, especially just this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I and I've been I've been riding the Cowboys. I even picked them to win the Super Bowl. And you know, there's no reason to freak out. I don't. I think it is early. That is alarming to be to lose that bad. <clears throat> but one thing we learned this week, you know, I think, just from this week and previous moments, like the Cowboys just shrink in big moments. Um, mm-hmm. Dak's a big part of that, but I think the whole the team as a whole, I think Mike McCarthy, uh, yeah. I think Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, I think the defense, Like I think, I think they just shrink in big moments, don't know why, maybe they feel uh, the pressure, they can't handle it, a younger team maybe, or a team that hasn't necessarily experienced mm-hmm. success mm-hmm. Uh, in the playoff, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's just very evident that uh, they kind of shrink under the spotlight, and uh, you can't have that, because the games you want to win are going to be in the spotlight. And so you have to figure that out, you know,
0: the good news for the Cowboys is that they do play the chargers who are banged up and also still have uh Brandon Staley making coaching decisions. But I think that, I don't know if this has been said by a lot of people before, but I think that, the Cowboys are just the NFC version of the chargers. They're a team. We fall in love with their roster every single year. They do have a worse quarterback. I think Justin Herbert's better quarterback than Dak Prescott. We fall in love with their roster every year. They look super impressive in games that they're supposed to win, but when it gets down to it when it gets to the playoffs, This is a team that falls apart in big moments. The Chargers fell apart in spectacular fashion against the Jaguars, and the Cowboys fall apart over and over and over again, normally in the divisional round if they make it that far. So I I don't really... I'm not going to believe in them, honestly, until they win a divisional playoff game. Anytime before that, I'm still going to count the Cowboys out because I have no reason to count them in. Love you, Zach. Sorry, Zach. Uh, Anyway... Cincinnati Bengals, Uh, David and I spent a significant amount of time last week on this podcast talking about how we thought that if the Bengals lost to the Cardinals, this may be the end of their season. It may be time to shut Joe Burrow down and pack it in and hope for a good draft pick and bank on next year and, I don't know, possibly explore trading Jamar Chase. I have no idea. But good news for Bengals fans, that did not happen. Uh, they won 34-20 to 20 against the Cardinals. Cardinals dropped to 1-4 and four after looking pretty frisky. Joe Burrow just looked like Joe Burrow again in this game. Like, honestly, he looked more comfortable in the pocket. He was making throws, had a couple of really nice deep balls. Um, Jamar Chase was, as he had said, open the whole game. I mean, they were getting him the ball constantly. I think that this is the Bengals team that we are used to. Now, the question I have is, do you think that the Bengals are actually back? Or do you think that the Bengals were playing a team that was far inferior to them? And so you'd like to see them prove it still.
1: Yeah, that's if you notice on the prompt, that's why I put a question mark. Because it's like a, you know, are they back? I don't um yeah. I think this was a the game they were supposed to win and they did. I want to say we need to see more though. You know what I mean? I think this next week is a good test. I believe they're playing in Seattle. Uh Seattle at home, but still a, a good Seattle team. Good defense, really good run game, good weapons. Um, A team that's much better than the Arizona Cardinals. So it's the game they were supposed to win. I'm not ready to say, like, all right, Bengals are good now. Um, I will say that uh, Burrow looked normal. They're taking deep shots, finally, which for some reason that just wasn't in their playbook the first couple weeks, uh, even though that's kind of what the offense, like, runs on is their deep shots to Jamar. And it worked. Mm -hmm. He had 15 receptions, 192 yards, and three touchdowns, um, which is – crazy uh actually uh but yeah um i started josh jobs instead of joe burrow on my other fantasy team and uh maybe i shouldn't have done that but it is what it is
0: yeah i think that i think that they have just the pedigree to be good and so watching them play like that this week kind of freaked me out a little because i was almost counting them out in my head of like okay well the Bengals seem to not be real contenders in the AFC, so now we just have to worry about the Bills and the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are right there. They're they're now two and three. The leader in that division is three and two. Um, the Ravens just lost a game they should not have lost at all to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They allowed Matt Canada's absolutely inept offense march down the field and score a touchdown on them. Honestly, because of a great throw from Kenny Pickett and catch from George Pickens. And Lamar threw a while he actually didn't really have a bad game because his receivers could not catch the ball. Oh my goodness. But that interception at the end was a classic like, oh my gosh, Lamar, what the heck um, interception that ended up losing them the game. So this is by no means a division that would like, has I think a clear favorite anymore. Cause honestly you could talk me into anybody. I think the only team I really don't believe in is the Steelers um, because their offense is so terrible and mm-hmm. sorry, but Jay or TJ watt is probably good for three or four games on the bench with an injury. Um, yeah. He just gets hurt a lot probably because he has to do so much for their defense. So I, but the, the Bengals definitely have a shot at winning this division, right?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. I, I think, you know, if the Ravens would have done what they were expected to do and take care of business, uh, and they, they were winning, uh, and they were driving, and I watched that game. I was getting so frustrated. I'm not even a Ravens fan. Uh, and I was like, Ravens, what are you doing? Like, <clears throat> going for it on fourth down at, like, the 30-yard line with 15 seconds left in the half. Like, just kick the field goal you go up 10 points and there's just a bunch of decisions that I was just kind of head scratchers. And I mean, we've seen this a couple times with the chiefs of like, if enough weird things happen, like that's when you know, the chiefs have a chance to lose. Like what, how they just convert that fake punt or why did Kelsey just drop that wide open ball? Like we know usually like in the first quarter of chiefs games, you're like, Oh no, mm-hmm. something's not right. This game's going to be close for no reason. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, just weird but you know back to my point like if they win that and go four and one I think Bengals are in a tough spot with their schedule Bengals being uh Ravens being four and one Bengals two and three but now that it's that close like yeah uh it's anybody's division um and yeah I even trust the Browns more than the Steelers because all the three the three other offenses in that division have some firepower can move the ball but I just don't trust the Steelers whatsoever man I mm-hmm.
0: don't except the Steelers who are, I can't even remember his name right now maybe maybe their offense is actually good if they just put that backup running back in the whole time because he's what sparked them I mean
1: Jalen Warren
0: yeah yeah Warren was like hitting spin moves on guys breaking off like three Fifteen plus yard runs in a row. He hurdled, completely hurdled a Ravens defender at one point. Easily cleared him. Like yeah, he was, was getting that team fired up, and that's the problem that they've had because Matt Canada, who calls plays like um, a eight year old playing Madden would call plays, just does it gives Najee Harris a nice hatback draw for one point six yards, like two plays every drive. And normally their drives last like three or four plays. So if they can get a spark in that offense, I don't know how he still has a job. Did you see that uh, camera angle of him whenever they scored the go-ahead touchdown and he wasn't even that happy about it? He, no, I don't know I if didn't. he didn't know what was going on. Yeah, they had like a they do these shots all the time now where they just like have a camera on the offensive and defensive coordinator or the offensive coordinator in the booth. Um, and it was a solo shot of him and everybody else in the booth is going crazy and he's just kind of sitting there staring and then like 10 seconds later, like kind of g- gets happy about it. So I don't know what his deal was. Um, probably because the fans were chanting fire him by the second drive because his offense yeah, they was were so booing bad.
1: quick. It was like, yeah. oh, this is not a rough and like Heinz field, like Steelers Pittsburgh, it's tough. Tough people live in Pittsburgh, and it's like football's good, hard nose, smash mouth. Like, if football's not good, whoever's in charge needs to get out of there. You know, it's kind of like Philly almost. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't want to be booed by Pittsburgh fans, but um, yeah, tw- yeah,
0: that was that won, was no. a head scratcher. It Was a head scratcher, but yeah, Pittsburgh win. So I think that that actually might sneakily be the worst division in the AFC. It might not be the South. It might be that because those te- none of those teams are like really playing that crisply. They're all just kind of playing really ugly football every single game, and it's not fun to watch. Watching a Steelers game is torture. It's terrible. Yeah, it it's is. like watching a, it's like watching a bad college football game. Like it's just, you know, like why is nobody able to do anything? Like, well, you know what it's like. Oh my gosh,
1: it's like watching Wisconsin and Iowa play Saturday night at six thirty on the Big Ten Network. And it's like why? Ugh, did, there are four hard. minutes left in this game and it's six to three. Like this why? This is did why I, I watch why I movies
0: on Saturday this? nights. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not messing around with that. All right, David, uh, speaking of things that are depressing, I want you to rank these three teams um, best to worst. Pats, Panthers, Broncos.
1: I knew this was on the prompt, and I'm still struggling. Um, I think I, I, I this might be bold of me. I think Pats flat out are... The worst of those three. Really? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's yeah. hard to argue after their 34 to nothing loss to a Saints team that up until week five had not scored more than 20 points in a game all season. Um, I.
1: It's bad, man. Mac
0: Jones is bad. Mac Jones is terrible. Mac Jones is Zach Wilson with less media attention. Mac Jones is Zach Wilson with less impressive arm talent. I I I um I don't I don't know. It's weird. Uh I this was a day I prayed for my entire life was the day when the New England Patriots were no longer a relevant franchise. And now that I have it, it just it it's it's just kind of sad. I mean yeah, like who are their star who are their best playmakers? Do they have anybody on the offensive side of the ball that you get excited about? Anybody?
1: I'd say Ramondre Stevenson. Last year as rookie year, he had a pretty good year. He was, I mean, draftworthy in fantasy. And I even think this year he had expectations, but when everyone around you is so bad, like it's dragging you down, and he's again mm-hmm. not doing much. Other than that, Juju's hurt. Um, actually, I can't name another receiver because they don't have Jacoby Myers anymore. So I actually <laughs> just don't know who else is on that. Who's the tight I mean, end? He's been on there for Hunter Henry.
0: I thought they had Gasecki now. Don't they have Gasecki now? It's possible. I like mean, it's, it's rough. They're terrible. They're they're they truly are terrible. They have a combined three points in the last two games their lone win this season was against the Jets now they did play close to the Eagles week one um, and at certain points in that game looked like they had a chance to win it although I don't think anybody ever really believed they were going to um, but yeah I it's I mean three points the last two games in the NFL that's something not even the Steelers are doing that's that's just that's just awful offense.
1: yeah I don't I, I want to ask this question because Mac Jones does not look good. the offensive coordinator has been inconsistent but I'm gonna get yelled at from people for asking this question. Is it a bill bill check problem?
0: I mean at a certain point, you know, you can you can say, and he doesn't have a great roster, they do have some injuries on the defense as well. But this is not a good Saints team. This this team is bad that beat them. And they beat them 34 to nothing. This isn't the Bills that they lost to 34 to nothing. Okay. Yeah. And at a certain you we can't for every other team in the league decide that it is a head coach problem whenever the team is not performing and then just give Bill a pass. And so I don't know if Bill's just not as sharp anymore. I don't know if Bill just doesn't care anymore. I don't know if he knows that he doesn't have the roster. Um, So he just kind of counting down the days. There has been a lot of talk about him coming close to Shula's record. At this pace, it's going to take him like five or six more years to get there. And Andy is so close to him, and wins, and has a much better team. Andy may pass him, and yeah. I, I still think Bill Belichick is the is the greatest coach of all time. But at what point does he kind of become Uncle Fluffy? And you are like, okay, now he's just an old guy on the sidelines who seems to have lost it. Mm-hmm. And I like, is there any time you get scared? You are like, oh, Bill Belichick, like you don't want to go into Foxborough. And play play the Patriots, they're, they're, they're winless at home, like that used to be like the toughest place to play, yeah. and I think Prime that time this, in
1: Foxboro? Ooh, you know
0: I think this just really shows um, one that quarterback is by far the most important position in the league. We've always known that, but this even further emphasizes that. And two, no coach is really great without a great quarterback. And no coach has ever won Super Bowls consistently without a great quarterback. And yes, Bill Belichick is probably the greatest coach of all time, but Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. And he damn sure needed Tom Brady to be that greatest coach of all time. And that's okay because it's a a player-driven league. It's a quarterback-driven league. But, I I mean, I don't think you can just give Bill a pass. You can't just be like, oh, it's not Belichick. It's everybody else. Yeah. Because he's the one in charge.
1: Well, and we've even said this for years that Bill is not very good at drafting. And he, like, plays a major role in who they pick up. And I think they've drafted, like, two kickers the last two years. Just, like, really weird stuff. And I think when Tom was there, Tom can hide some of those flaws in his, you know, in the way he drafts. Uh, but now that Tom's gone, that you know, the greatest quarterback of all time, I think some of these flaws come to the surface. Um And yeah, like you said, like, there's always a duo with, you know, think of any great quarterback, greatest quarterback of all time, even think of greatest coaches of all time. It always, you can probably name uh, a legendary counterpart. uh, And so, and that's not anything, we're not, you know, speaking poorly on Bill in this situation. It's just, like you said, like it's a player driven league and like one needs the other, like you can't do it, you know, Mm -hmm. without the other, so. And, but this is a tough situation of like, okay, now the Patriots, it, they've dwindled this out for a while now. So like, when do you say it's time? Is it going to be awkward? Do you just, you know what I mean? Like when, when yeah. do you hang up the cleats? I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, and I, I mean, I have seen a lot of speculation that this might be Bill's last year coaching the Patriots. I don't know if Bill has an interest to coach anywhere else. I mean, there's going to be a lot of speculation. People have always floated the Raiders job just because Tom is now part owner of the Raiders. Nobody really likes Josh McDaniels. Um, But I, I just don't know if there's really a coach in the league that would be able to get a lot out of this roster. But like you've said, Bill is a major part of constructing the roster. And so... That, that at a certain point, he has to have responsibility for that. Um, I mean, the obvious counter to what I said is like, what about the 49ers? Kyle Shanahan wins without a great quarterback, which we just started the podcast talking about how good Brock Purdy was. But Kyle Shanahan has had one of the best rosters in the league every single year he's been the 49ers head coach. I mean, he has. There's been a year or maybe two where they were riddled with injuries, and that was the problem. But like they've always had guys at every single position. The Patriots do not have that. And they haven't really had that in a long time. They didn't really even have that for the end of Brady's era in New England. They had Edelman, and that was it. And other than that, there wasn't a lot of guys on the offensive side of the ball. But like you said, Tom Brady was hiding it. But there's nobody to hide the poor roster construction. And Bill does have to take ownership for that. And another person that needs to take ownership for how bad their team is, is Sean Payton with the Denver Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett won the revenge game after Sean Payton called it coaching malpractice uh, when he talked about Hackett's 2022-23 season with the Broncos and said it was one of the worst coaching jobs ever. And Sean Payton has a worse record through five games than Nathaniel Hackett had at this point of the season. This team doesn't look to be playing good on either side of the ball. I think that Russ is probably getting, it sounds really weird, almost too much blame for how bad this team is. He is making some unforced errors, but he is not getting set up in a good position either, and their defense is terrible. David, they play the Chiefs Thursday night. If they lose this Chiefs game, do you think they just start trading everybody?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, Sean Payton had a quote today um, because I think that's been kind of going around, you know, and a -hmm. a reporter might have even asked, I think, asked him, like, are you going to – I don't know if they just straight up said, are you going to start tanking? But they asked him uh, slightly in that way, and he said something – here it is, James Palmer. We're not looking to do business with any of our players, but that doesn't prevent teams from picking up the phone and calling, which sounded just very, like – Subtle, I don't know if I don't know if you get that vibe, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, <clears throat> I texted this in our group chat. I, I kind of need them to win a couple games because I really don't want the Broncos to get Caleb Williams.
0: <laughs> I don't know though. Again, like we have seen time and time again, it's about going to the right place, and
1: because Caleb Williams is like the best quarterback prospect we've had you... since. Peyton Manning is what people are saying it's
0: yeah Zion Williamson was the best NBA prospect since LeBron James so Uh, I don't know if that I am a believer in Caleb Williams but I think that in the NFL it's so important where you go I don't think Patrick Mahomes would be Patrick Mahomes if he didn't go to Kansas City Hmm. and so I I don't like I, am I supposed to believe in Sean Payton that if he gets Caleb Williams, he's all of a sudden is he he's going to be good? Is he yeah. tanking to try and get Caleb Williams? Because if that is the plan. He's doing a masterful job. But they have no cohesion, and they're they have a terrible, terrible defense. I mean, the Jets scored way too easily on them and could have had more points if Zach Wilson was able to do any sort of clock management at the end of the first half. They gave up 70-plus points in an NFL game, which has only happened one other time in league history, and that was in the 1960s. They have an awful defense. They are making every offense look competent to good, and that was supposed to be their strength. They're supposed to have guys on that end of the field, and they don't. And offensively, the play calling is not making sense either and Sean Payton is in charge of the play calling. So if he's trying to do a tank job, great. He's doing great with that. But if he's not trying to do a tank job and is genuinely trying to win games, I think you got to look at Sean Payton and be like, "Why are we believing in him?" And the the people the owners who the people who own the Broncos have the money to fire and rehire coaches until the end of time every single season. But Like, you fired Nathaniel Hackett, and yes, we're only five games in. But this team is looking as bad as it has in the last five years. And the Broncos have been bad since Peyton Manning left. This team is looking as bad as it ever has. And that has to come down to coaching as well. Just like Bill Belichick doesn't get a pass. I don't think Sean Payton can either.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, It's rough. I think... like. It's gotten worse, obviously, as the games have gone by. But the first couple losses, like, oh, you know, getting kinks out. But, yeah, they just, like, it, it feels like they're not improving. I mean, hmm. so the Bears, they gave up 28. The Jets, they gave up 31. Dolphins, they gave up 70, as you mentioned. Commanders, they gave up 35. Like, these aren't – they've actually not played, like, the strongest part of their schedule. Um, because they, you know, played those teams, including the Raiders week one. But then it's Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings – Browns, Texans, Chargers, Lions, uh, Chargers again. Like, it's not going to get easier. And I think it gets harder. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're giving up this many points to these teams, like, are they going to get dropped 40 points in a row, three games in a row? Like, you know what I mean? Like, something has to break. And I don't know. Do you see a scenario in which they just continue to get blown out and The front office doesn't do anything like do you really think Sean Payton's going to get fired or you think they're going to roll through this? No,
0: I mean, I don't think there's any way after everything that they did to get Sean Payton to Denver, uh, which the Saints still had rights to Sean Payton because they currently would have been under contract with them had he still been coaching. So they had to give up a lot in order to just get Sean Payton. I don't see them abandoning that experiment um, after just one year because of just how much time they put in it's clear that Sean Payton does not want Russell Wilson to be his quarterback but like i don't how much goodwill is he garnering with anybody in that locker room right now like how much belief is there in Sean when he goes out and just eviscerates the s- star quarterback to the media and yeah a lot of people didn't like Russ at the beginning of the season of the broncos organization but it seemed like at the end he kind of turned the players around in his favor and had kind of built some rapport in that locker room and now that's got to be at an all-time low and morale being low i that's just not something that normally happens to good coaches even during bad seasons yeah. and so i i don't know i don't think he gets fired but i wouldn't have a lot of confidence that he's going to find a way to turn it around in Denver. Even if he does get Caleb Williams, because who's Caleb Williams gonna throw the ball to? Outside of Jerry Judy, they don't have a whole lot. Their offensive line is not very good. And again, the play calling has been bad. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't yeah. I don't really know.
1: They're forty five and seventy four uh since they won Super Bowl <clears throat> the Super Bowl in twenty fifteen. Was that Super Bowl fifty? Super Bowl fifty, yes. Yeah. So they are forty five and seventy four. Uh, from then until today. It's not great. That is not great. They went 9-7 and seven in 2016, and they have won s- seven games, tw- two seasons, and besides that, it's been below seven wins. So, yeah, it's been a rough stretch. Um, it- you'd think it'd have to turn around eventually, but I guess as a Chiefs fan, we experienced quite the drought. So, you know, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's It's crazy that the Broncos went from, like, I don't know. And they still are, in terms of Super Bowl wins, one of the most historic, respected franchises in the NFL. But they are just not even close to competing for a playoff spot and haven't been since Peyton Manning left.
1: Well, yeah, it felt like every AFC championship was Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Like, oh, here we go again, you know? And, uh, I mean, it's really not that long ago, but just like that. Yeah, that's tough. And that's
0: tough. lastly, the last other team that we talked about that I think is is also terrible and I'm sure you agree. The Carolina Panthers who are the lone winless team in the NFL right now, losing to the Detroit Lions. Bryce Young, let's just be honest. He has not looked great. You know, he did have three touchdown passes on Sunday in that game against the Lions, but he also had two picks as well. He's getting hit a lot. He is getting hit in the head a lot, actually, uh, which I started to notice. He hasn't been impressive with his decision-making. I I think you can definitely say that he doesn't really have the best weapons around him or the best offensive line, but C.J. Stroud is in a similar situation. However, I believe that C.J. Stroud does have a better coach um, I, I just I don't really understand how Frank Reich got a, another job after what happened with the Colts, um, but he did. Yeah. Apparently, there's been a bunch of reports recently coming out that Frank Reich is unhappy with the level of involvement that the ownership of the Panthers plays in day to day decision making. Um. So I I uh that doesn't seem good to have no. five games in. I'm just worried this is going to hurt Bryce Young's development just as a quarterback. And I mm-hmm. think it's too early to tell whether he's going to be good or bad, but right now they're, they are not good and might win what two games this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, we can look at the schedule, but it's, <clears throat> it's not looking great. They might steal a, div- a couple of division games, but like,
0: They gotta play the the next game they have to play. Do you know who the opponent is? Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. So that's an absolute pasting. I'd say their best chances for wins right now are against the Bears and the Saints.
1: Titans, maybe. The offense has not been good.
0: Maybe. It depends on but it's Vrabel. Well, yeah, yeah. So, you got to yeah. play against variable. I think they could the Saints division game, something wonky could happen. I also still think the Saints are bad and they could have a three-pick game from Derek Carr, two of which are pick sixes cuz Derek Carr loves a good pick six. And the Panthers could win that. And then the Bears are also not good. But other than that, like they it's, I mean, they don't have a, like a gauntlet of a schedule by any means. But they also don't have a they're bad. They're one of the three worst teams in the league and they don't really have the privilege of playing the other two right now. I think the bears are probably four. So you could say they play the fourth worst team in the league. So that's Mm -hmm. good for them, I guess. But yeah, the Panthers, the Panthers are what I thought the Texans were going to be.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's tough when your receiver one is Adam Thielen, who's 33, uh, and it's, it's just not the same Adam Thielen that was at the Vikings. Uh, much older, Mm-mm. not as quick, not as fast. And, uh, yeah. That uh,
0: being said, I'd trade for him right now. Adam Thielen? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Bryce Young's been sacked 12 times. Uh, I don't even know how many times he's been hit. Uh, I don't have that in front of me. But, yeah. Some of it's definitely on him, but I think a lot of it, yeah. It's like, man, he just doesn't have help. And, yeah. Uh, sounding like the front office maybe isn't helping much either so tough situation to be in and you're right like i hope i hope either he can get out of this situation or they can bring people in where it's like he can still develop and be the quarterback that we think he can be Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's not Mm -hmm. looking good
0: Mm -mm. all right david and let's before we make our picks real brief as brief as we can do it First of all, the Jags won a game in London. I think the Bills were going to lose that game from the start. They came out really sluggish. It was mm-hmm. clear the players were not happy about the travel schedule, which was stupid. They didn't fly in until Thursday night and gave themselves even less time to acclimate. Every other team's London strategy is go as soon as you possibly can after your Sunday game the week before in order to give yourself enough time to get used to the time change. They did not. Jags obviously stayed in London. Jags should probably just move to London because they're better in London than they are in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, they won Lastly, back to games. Yeah, they're, they're looking good in London. They sh- I'm serious. They should just stay over there. Lastly, the Chiefs uh, beat the Vikings in a game that was entirely too close. I don't want to argue the pass interference call or the holding call that people are arguing about both of those were definitely penalties. I don't want to do this every single time the Chiefs win a game.
1: It's gonna happen. But to the
0: Chiefs should not leave it. It shouldn't come down to that anyway. We need to we had a chance to go up two scores and just didn't and some baffling play calling again from Andy. And our receivers are once again not getting open. I thought our season was over when Travis Kelsey looked like he tore his Achilles. And then he came out and scored a touchdown in the second half.
1: He looked the better, good, arguably, after the injury, yeah. which is kind of crazy.
0: The good news is that the Swifties are going to help in the fight to remove Turf Fields. Come on. Um, so, there, and they were, looks like they're able to take down Ticketmaster. So,. I uh I just have the confidence that maybe they could also take down the NFL and actually have them focus on player safety. I don't know. I don't feel great about the Chiefs despite us being 4 and 1. That's really just what this team has been like all year. The only game that has felt good was the Bears game. Every other one has been either way too close or just just you know, just sloppy, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know if we're – this is definitely a get-right game opportunity on Thursday, but it also has trap game feelings. I don't think we'll lose to the Broncos, but I think we could embarrass ourselves by making it look close, which we sometimes tend to do. So, yeah, I don't know. And I can't even – I used to be able to say if the Chiefs start hot, they'll be fine, but they've actually started hot in the last two games and have then cooled way off after that. So they've had good first quarters and then not good anything else. Hopefully that doesn't continue against the Broncos. David, do you have any thoughts you'd like to share about this Chiefs team and their performance on Sunday?
1: Well, I think it's interesting, and I read this, which is what brought it to mind. I didn't think of this on my own. It's weird how Pacheco gets heavy carries in that first drive. They're efficient. Uh, Receivers are catching the ball. They go down and score. And then Pacheco doesn't touch the ball for the rest of the half. Like, I legitimately get vibes, and I know this sounds ridiculous. I legitimately get vibes where it's like, first drive, let's go down, use our plays, use our firsts, let's score. And then it's like, all right, let's see who, let's get some other guys some touches. Um, We feel comfortable with where we're at. Like, don't you get that vibe? It's like,
0: yeah, I do think sometimes. And
1: he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. So he wouldn't just be like, oh, let's bench pacheco after that like they have to be trying stuff and just kind of playing around which is kind of weird but also kind of frustrating when it's like all right guys let's just win by 30 like we know we can you know
0: yeah i think you're right um i don't know why clyde is in the game so much my dad pointed this out when we were watching the game and i think he's also correct about that it seems that mckinnon is on like a pitch count um, because we want to save him for the stretch run and don't want to put a lot of uh, heavy load on him. And so we are not using him as much because Clyde is being used the second most where he, I think clearly if you're just watching the game, he's third. Um, the one of the other, like it's amazing how fast Tony Romo has fallen off in my eyes because he was talking about Clyde. Like Clyde was the best back on the chiefs and like a big playmaker for us, which is just not true. And, hasn't ever really been the case. Um I yeah, I I get that feeling too. I, I think we're spreading the ball around a lot more. The only guy on the offense outside of Pacheco that I was I've really been impressed with. Say his name. I, Justin Watson has been a legitimate deep threat, has made incredible catches. He saved Mahomes from a pick. Uh, in the Vikings game. I mean, that that down the field catch that he made in the second half um, that he just kind of ripped out away from the hands of the wide receiver or the, the defensive back for the Vikings. Like, I've been very impressed with him. Um, and I hope we continue to use him as a deep threat. Mahomes deep ball has not been as accurate as I would like to be like it to be this year. But I think the separation stuff is still true. I think we're having receivers trouble with separation and we were clamoring for more Ross touches. He had one great sideline catch and then had two pretty bad drops um, that he definitely should have had completions on. And so I think they were still trying to figure out the wide receivers. What's concerning me is that it's already, it's going to be week six and I still don't really feel confident in any of those guys. And I don't – it didn't seem like Sky Moore was getting a lot of touches. We threw to Kadarius a few times. He had a couple of okay plays, one nice run where he breaks tackles. But, like, we're not getting consistent production out of any of those guys. And every time it gets to halftime, we're seeing Mahomes has 11 completions to nine targets or something nine different targets, which is fine that he's spreading the ball around, but I want him to have a guy. And obviously he's got Kelsey and he's going to continue to use Kelsey, but – if Kelsey does have a high ankle sprain, how effective is he going to be in Thursday night? Like, I don't even know yeah. if he should, if he can play on Thursday night. Cause we all know those get worse after they swell yeah. for a couple of days. So it's just, there's just a lack of confidence.
1: Yeah. Hey, Justin Watson said it best. Take the elevator up to the penthouse. Not everybody's access card swipes that high. What a fire line. <laughs>
0: that was really good.
1: After being asked about that third and 18 catch. Um, yeah i uh it's just strange i even like Maggie, like subtly said like oh yeah justin watson will get more snaps as the season goes along like he subtly just said that and uh so like i andy reed's always done this we've always gotten pretty confirmed reports even that reed doesn't use all the playbook he saves some plays some formations for the playoffs um I don't know. I just one. I don't. Do we feel like other teams do this? But two, it's like it is kind of frustrating because it's like, man, it'd be nice to win like forty-one to ten, like we did against the Bears, more often. You know, we'd feel better mm-hmm. about ourselves. But mm-hmm. I guess if you are able to hide formations and plays, you know, that helps in the uh, playoffs. I don't it's know. We too.
0: did. We didn't have this specific problem, but we did do this last year. We kind of pitter pattered yeah, we around. Year. We kind of pitter pattered around. Won games that we. We should have won by a lot more, and we ended up winning them by one score and just not a lot of confidence in the way that our offense was performing at times. Um, I think our defense played better, but it's weird. I still don't feel great about our defense. We were not getting pressure with four all game. Like The only time we were getting pressure on the Vikings, we were blitzing, which worked because Kirk Cousins can't really handle the blitz, but that's not going to work against a quarterback that can handle the blitz.
1: Or so, the one time they didn't double team Chris Jones and he hit Chris in about he hit Kirk Cousins in like a second that's and a
0: half. That's true. But Chris is gonna get doubled every play because yeah. we don't really have another threat right now. Of course, a minute he is supposed to come back, mixed feelings about whether I'm supposed to be happy about that or not. Um
1: I think he's gonna be a stud.
0: Well, yeah, but I think he's also a despicable person, so it's kind of well, difficult. Yeah. So yeah. I I I don't know I I just didn't come out of that game feeling good about anything. But again, we had yeah. this last year, and then we won the Super Bowl. So what do I know? Yeah. You know? Hey, I don't know.
1: There is one I'm I've never been more confident, oddly enough, in our cornerbacks. And I want to shout out Legarius Sneed because uh, he held Justin Jefferson. Uh, where is he at? I gotta. There it is. I, he's usually at the top of the receiving list. I had to look down. Three catches, twenty eight yards. Six targets. Um, I mean, Legereus Sneed did a fantastic job all game. And uh, I think these quarterbacks are legitimately good. Uh, I think, like, McDuffie and Sneed are, like, legitimately good enough that they can play the best receiver one-on-one and then our other guys can bracket and double-team other guys. Like, I trust Mm -hmm. Sneed – and I I, I trust Snead against, like, a Jamar Chase. Yeah, he's going to give up a couple plays. But if it's three catches for 28 yards, I'll take that. You know what I mean? And McDuffie is an absolute – like, I, this quarterback room, I think, is the most confident I'm in out of this entire defense because they just got guys everywhere. And I feel like they have a lot of depth. Um, mm-hmm. So that is something I'm excited about. And uh, I feel like specifically with the Chiefs, my recent history, like, Chiefs cornerback room has always just been awful. It's like I remember like the five year stretch where it was like I mean like Stephen Nelson and Philip Gaines or uh, uh Orlando Skandrick, yes, uh, you remember like the five year stretch where it was like, oh, the receiver didn't catch it, it's probably p i there's the flag, like there was like the, flag after flag after flag on which there was of they one were so po- bad.
0: there was one possession where that happened today, there were actually a lot of flags in that, yeah like okay East chiefs game,
1: people want to talk about chiefs get it rigged for the chiefs. The Vikings literally scored a touchdown because of the five flags in a row that happened. Now, some of them were warranted, but they legitimately got five flags in a row that gave them first down and drove them down the field. So I don't want to yeah. hear about that. And Christian gets that. held
0: on every play. Yeah. I don't, I, um. I'm going to push back a little bit. It's just my opinion. I think Sneed's fine. I think there's a reason we didn't sign him to an extension though. I don't think there's a lot of confidence in what he can be long term. As a solution. I thought he played good against the Vikings. I don't think um and I think I don't think you're saying this, but I have seen a lot of hype around Sneed. Like he is, he is like our shutdown, like the Darrell Revis of Kansas City, like shut down corner. I just don't think he is that. I think McDuffie could possibly develop into that. And I think McDuffie's actually a better corner than Sneed. Um, But he did hold Justin Jefferson, which the Vikings just – the credit to our our secondary because the Vikings just were not really trying to get the ball to JJ that much. And then he got injured in the second half. And I don't – have we really – I know that they're putting him on IR it looks like. Do we really know what happened?
1: Uh, Hamstring injury.
0: Okay. Looked at my fantasy
1: team this morning. and He is on a four-game IR, which is really depressing.
0: Oh, no. If you can insert um, the – small violin that I am currently playing with my fingertips into the audio of this podcast. I would
1: really hey, appreciate it, David. You just, um, don't be mad at my success, brother.
0: Yeah, I've, I've decided I'm not going to. I only care about my survivor pool right now, which I'm still in. So of the three fantasy leagues that I'm in, all of my teams are riddled with injuries and not good. So I'm hey, just not
1: Don't pull this. Because two I'm years ago, it. you started like one in six. You snuck into the playoffs and lost in the championship game at like one game over five hundred, so I don't want to hear that. Like, oh, uh, my team's horrible. The, you know.
0: My team is horrible, and I am officially done chaining my own team for the this uh, fantasy season. So sorry. Um, there. All right, David, we're running on an, almost an hour of this podcast. I mean, we have yet to make any picks uh, whatsoever, change. so we should probably hurry up and do those. Um, all right, you went two and two last week. I went two and two last week. You have the current overall lead, fifteen. 15- and five to my 14 and six. Who is your favorite favorite this week?
1: Ooh, honestly, there's actually quite a bit of games to choose from. Uh, yeah. I, what well, there's like 14 and a half, 13 and a half, uh, 10 and a half. So you really can't go wrong. Uh, I'll stick with the hometown team. I haven't picked them in a couple weeks. Uh, give me the chiefs <clears throat> at home against the Broncos. They're favored by 10 and a half points. Thursday night football on Prime Video. Uh, yeah, I'll pick them, but this does feel like a weird game. I don't know, just weird vibes. Yeah, weird I vibes. I
0: think you're you're definitely right about that. I don't. It does feel trap gamey to me, but I still would. I still think they're going to win. Um, personally, I am going to go with the Bills over the Giants, which is the other massive line. This week the Bills are favored by 14 and a half Jeez. against the Giants. Um, which Did the Giants is the, cover is the Sunday night game. Um, no, I don't think the Giants cover because well, actually they might because Daniel Jones is not playing it as Tyrod Taylor because sure. Daniel Jones is out with a neck injury that might actually help them, although I don't really know. Tyrod Taylor, you could have convinced me was like good backup like four years ago, but I don't know about now. Um I just know that I'm not going to believe in the Giants at all. I think the Bills cream them. Uh the Bills one thing they do that I wish we would do is they just they just destroy bad teams. They mm-hmm. and I think they're going to be looking for some revenge after just what happened in London. So I am going to go with the Bills over the Giants.
1: Yeah, if you David, have Josh Allen, you got to start him in your fantasy team cuz he has that classic up down up down each week. Last week was a little bit of a down week so he yeah, looks for be four touchdowns
0: at least for four passing touchdowns probably add in a rushing touchdown as well and maybe benched by like the or be you know taken out by like the I don't know 11 minute mark of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So David favorite upset. Who you going with? Or I should say upset upset. I don't know. You know. Um what I
1: I'm going to avoid this game cuz I think you're going to pick it due to recent conversations. Um, hot take, I'm actually changing mine last second. <clears throat> Give me Seattle Ooh. to beat Cincinnati on the road. Cincinnati's favored by three, so they got the home swing. Uh, playing in the jungle, I think is what they call it. And uh, I like the Seahawks team. They're 2-0 and on the road this year. Um, I think they've got a pretty good team. So, come on.
0: All right, uh-huh. I'm now just spending a lot of my time trying to figure out what game you think that I...
1: Stop, you know. Especially the conversations we just had.
0: Oh. I'm not, well, oh yeah, you're right. I'm going to take Panthers over the... Do- no, I'm <laughs> kidding. Well, uh, I, I missed
1: that game. That's another 13 and a half point spread. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that line is massive. It's up to 14 now. Jeez. Um I'm I'm truly baffled, David, by what game you were trying to get me to pick here. I have I I don't know. Pick what you're I, going to then and I'll okay, get a lineup. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Texans over the Saints. Hmm. Um I think that the Saints are bad. Um and I think that that line is because the Saints won by thirty four over a team that is the worst team in football. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and take the Texans to win against the Saints. David, I guess you're welcome to take the thing you thought I was going to pick in wild card. So
1: go ahead. I'll save it. We'll wait. We'll wait for that one. We'll put that in the back pocket. Okay. Um, I got two wild cards. My first one, I'm going to take a gimme. And then the next one I'll do a difficult one. So uh, give me the dolphins to mm. beat the Panthers. Um, yeah, I, do I need to say anything else? Panthers 0-5, they're 0-3 on the road. Dolphins playing at Hard Rock, favored by 13.5. You said it's up to 14 now.
0: Did the and Dolphins get 50? Do you think they get 50 in this game?
1: I do. I don't know. I watched this game against the Giants, and they kind of looked upset. Like, they were winning 31-16, you know, 31, 16, and they just kind of looked not happy with how they were playing. Uh, so... I think they do, because, yeah, yeah, they will. <laughs> Start your Dolphins players in your fantasy lineup.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. But you should just be doing that anyway. Well, um, I'm going to take a gimme, too. I'm going to go 49ers over Browns. Uh, I just don't see a way in which the Browns offense can compete with the 49ers offense, especially – well, actually, I actually just don't see a way the Browns offense can compete with the 49ers defense. So that's that's pretty much what it boils down to. So I'm going to take that.
1: Browns all off a right. bye week, though. I mean.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, we all know the stats of Deshaun off a bye. Deshaun had the longest bye ever, and he sucked afterwards.
1: That's funny. It's actually really funny.
0: So, uh, David, last wild card pick. Again, you can take the thing that you think I'm going to take that I'm clearly not going to take because I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: I, uh, last week I made this promise to myself and I'm going to break that promise. This isn't my pick. I'm just elaborating. I said, any team that the Patriots are playing for the rest of the year, I'm picking the other team. I'm going to make an exception with this week because they are playing the Raiders and I just, <laughs> I ain't, I ain't trusting that. But besides this week, you can count on me picking the team to play in the Patriots to, uh, to win. But yeah, I'm avoid I'm avoiding that Raiders game this week. Uh, To be honest, I thought you were picking the – in your upset, I thought you were going to pick the Chargers to beat the Cowboys. Dallas is favored by two.
0: No, because I think this is the kind of game that the Cowboys win because Brandon Staley makes a dumb decision. And then the Cowboys win this game like 28 to 27 because Brandon Staley goes for a fourth down when he should kick a game-winning field goal. And then people are like, the boys are back. And they beat like two more bad teams and then have to play the Eagles and get absolutely annihilated. And then people are like, what about them boys? And we just do this cycle over and over again until they end the season at 11 and 6 and lose in the divisional round at home.
1: You you have that figured out, bro. Yeah. It's something we've seen many times. So, hey. Uh, Give me the Cowboys to win. (laughs) I was kind of bouncing back and forth, to be honest. But, yeah. Also, I mean... Let's be honest. It's a division opponent, so you're kind of cheering for the other team anyway. Cuz Yeah. It's your it division it opponent easier. lose, like that that helps you. So, Dallas is favored by 2 on the road, and so yeah, they'll be upset. Funniest they they outcome
0: for this game is a tie, and that's what I'm going to root for. It's incredible. Uh, last one. I hate this slate of games. I I I I really don't like it.
1: Pick the Bucks to beat the Lions at home. Are you trusting the Raiders? Ooh, or Gardner Minshew on the road against the Jags. That's what I'm doing.
0: That's what I'm doing. I'm taking the Colts over the Jags. Long time Um, home. First of all, Gardner Minshew is the best backup quarterback in the league. It's insane that the Jets didn't try to trade for him. Uh, And second, Jags are going to be like missing London. You know, maybe they want a nice uh, Earl Grey tea and a scone in the morning. And they're not going to have that in Jacksonville. So I think there's going to be a lot of people in the pool. And I think there's going to be a lot of depressed, sunburnt people in the pool come the fourth quarter when the Colts are beating the Jags by 10. So, Yeah, that's...
1: Well, I mean, we've had that already with this division. I think by week three... Like, the Texans had beat the Colts. Colts had beat the Jags. Jags had beat the Titans. It was, like, something like that. Like, everyone had beat each other. And it's like, oh, but well that's, again, how this division is going to be this year. Um, but, yeah, man, and, it, I, I do feel bad for Anthony Richardson. Because when he is healthy, dude is plays legitimately very good football. Is, he's I so mean, good.
0: He's been hurt three of the first five games, though. Is he ever going to be healthy?
1: I hope he can figure it out. Because I think he could be really good. I and think I he I has, think like, a more, like, accurate... And athletic Cam Newton, as weird as that sounds.
0: Okay. Um, well, maybe. But let's maybe keep sports. in mind that Cam Newton was like four inches taller and about 55 pounds heavier.
1: Oh, I definitely thought Anthony was taller. No. But Cam Newton was also a freak, so.
0: No, yeah. Cam was way bigger. And Cam struggled with the injuries. And Anthony does play a similar style to Cam, but does not really have the body type, I think, to support it as much as Cam did. You could yeah. argue the Cam didn't even have the body type to support it. Yeah. So I don't know. But Gardner Minshew, I think, is the about, literally the best backup you can get in the league. So um if awesome. you're a Colts fan, I honestly don't know if you're sweating that much over um Gardner being the quarterback right now instead of Anthony Richardson. I mean you'd probably like to see your rookie out there, but this guy still gives you a pretty good chance to win.
1: So, and with Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor, like also yeah. I love <clears throat> the Colts just paid Jonathan Taylor forty two million dollars. And then this rookie backup ran for like 140 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys, this why did you just why, like, spend that money?
0: It sucks, but this is why people don't pay running backs, and yep. and you can't really argue with the logic. So, yeah. All right, that was our uh, that was our picks for Week Six, David. Before we go, I promised I was going to ask you a couple of questions about the new Exorcist movie, The Exorcist Believer. Which just came out in theaters last week, which you saw opening night, which is kind of a kind of a try hard thing to do for a guy who like obviously likes the original Exorcist, but has seen none of the sequels. It isn't like a, I mean, you like horror movies, but I don't know if you're a horror guy. Anyway, no. you, you watched well, the honestly, Exorcist. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, sorry. You were <clears throat> you were introing me, and I interrupted, but it was kind of an accident. Like. That was the night that worked, and then I realized, like, oh, that's opening night. Um, so, yeah. So, what do you, you want to kid- know about it? What are your thoughts? Yeah.
0: First of all, I want to know, you watch it, I'm sure, at the hangar, right? in
1: Regal. It oh, you available. watch it in or- St. Joe. At the time, I couldn't see the hangar, and we bought tickets early because I was like, oh, it's opening night. Okay. You know, Reminded it you might t- be t- full. How,
0: how full was the theater?
1: I think there are about 10 of us in the theater, actually, believe it or not. Hmm. And there was only one theater show on it.
0: No, I, I I do believe that. Um, the next question I have, were you scared at any point during this movie?
1: There were a couple jump scares that got me. Um, like one, maybe two. Um, but I also didn't get the vibe that they were trying to do jump scares. I mean, there were, I'll say this, the couple that they did, I thought were effective. Um, but, you know, The Exorcist franchise isn't really a jump scare franchise. Uh, it's more of like, you know, Reagan in the bed, just horrified at what's happening kind of franchise, you know? And, uh, so no, I, there, there were a couple jumps here that got me, but honestly, like kind of that final sequence, I, I realized this like halfway through, but like my, my heart was actually beating pretty, pretty heavily. Like I could feel my heart beating pretty fast. Uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty intense at some point. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, I, I won't say any more about that. But uh, yeah, I think there are times I got I got jumped, you know, a little bit and uh, heart was beaten, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't say it's not like your classic Hell House or like, you know what I mean? Conjuring where there's like jump scares or and it's like, the
0: original Exorcist.
1: Yeah. Whereas that's not even a jump scare, but it's like still hard to watch in that. It's, it's like a, this is horrifying. T- yeah. You know, there You go. so
0: um, compare it to a recent sequel that you also saw in theaters which was the newest insidious movie um which you said was decent but um you didn't really like that much do you believe that the exorcist believer it was better or worse than that film
1: I think I liked this more than insidious okay um it was actually a good measuring stick. I was throwing at my twenty twenty three ranked, and I was like, "Like, how does this step? How do I compare this to Ant Man, Quantum Mania? You know?" Mm. Um, but I was like, "Oh, there's Insidious. Yeah, I think, I think maybe the performances were better in Insidious, but just as pure horror, like I was more scared <clears throat> for a longer period of time or more tense for a longer period of time." I mentioned this when I first watched that insidious movie, but they like, they <clears throat> watched that final cut and realized that there weren't enough scary moments in their horror movie. And then they went back and reshot some jump scares. And I kind of saw that. Like once I read that afterward, I was like, yeah, I could see that. I get that vibe. Um, so I think for me, like pure horror, the exorcist that was more tense and, or more scared. Um, and I, I not by a wide margin, but I did enjoy the exorcist and thought it was a better movie.
0: So do you think the half star rating that the person you watched it with gave this film was maybe a bit of an overreaction?
1: I believe so. Okay. I believe so.
0: This is also a man who not not going to dox him on the podcast but does enjoy just giving half star ratings to movies he doesn't really like, which is I mean, I guess more At power to consistent. you. It's your it's your rating system, but like a movie has to be atrocious for me to give it a half star. I watched a bad horror movie last night and it was not half-star bad. Yeah. It was bad. It was not fun to watch, but it was not half-star bad. That's special. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. all right, what David. Else, what, else, what else do you want to know about it? Final question I really have. Do you think it's worth it for me to drive um, after I get off a long day of work tomorrow to drive 15 minutes to go see the the, the theaters to watch this in theaters? Or... Yeah should I just wait until it's inevitably available on HBO Max in like three months?
1: My first reaction is that I'm hesitating, so maybe that's your answer. Yeah, okay. But like... Something I do want to mention is the two performances um, by the two ladies, and I'm trying to find their names.
0: Uh, You mean the possessed... Um, yes. girls in the movie,
1: yeah. It let's see, Olivia Markham and Lydia Duet. Uh, they were, I thought they're incredible, very, very, very good performances. Uh, effective, I thought, um, kind of horrifying at times, just in, in the way that they're able to, to act and to do that. Obviously, voiceovers at some point, like The Exorcist does, because you just, they can't make some of the voices that you know it's tough. I don't know. Um, Honestly, like I didn't feel like it was a waste of money. Like I, I'll tell you my rating. You probably don't care at this point because you've already seen reviews. I gave it a three out of five, which is like eh. But like I didn't feel like I wasted money. I was like, oh okay, there are some effective parts in that. But um, uh, yeah, I am hesitating though. So I, you know, bag all that information up and and chop it together into a Kay. you know answer of, of what you're gonna do. And I don't know. I, I don't know how to help. Gotcha. You.
0: I mean, I guess it should be said that, um, one, I have uh, AMCA list, so it actually wouldn't really cost me any money to go see this movie other than whatever you're calculating the gas is there and back to this movie theater. And two, that there's nothing else really out um, in theaters that I would care to watch. The thing is, if I don't watch it tomorrow, I won't be able to see it in IMAX, which is kind of how I want to see it, because honestly, even if it's a bad, scary movie, it might be scarier in IMAX. Actually, but, yeah. Um, but I'm also going to be exhausted when I got off work tomorrow like I am every day. So do I want to rush home and then try to go out and see this horror movie that could... It's probably the ceiling for it as of right now is it was okay. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but Nathan... I mean, what better way to chill than sitting in a nice, comfy AMC, the- you know, movie theater seat? Like, yeah, the movies might be okay, but like, the big screen's on, you feed her up. Like, it's true. I do love the movies, but
0: life I other, another problem that I have is that I also love laying in my bed and watching a movie. Well, that's <laughs> fair. so uh, yeah but that was a very that's a very good point and i will consider that but i appreciate you you helping me with your thoughts in this manner um that's all the questions uh, i have
1: to help maybe you understand this i actually i don't know if you saw this yesterday i watched uh exorcist 3 i was sick at home yesterday so i watched a couple movies watched the 1990 version exorcist 3 uh and I enjoyed that more, um, which The Exorcist Three is like is still a really good horror movie. And uh, what'd bro, you think about that that one bro, scare
0: in the hospital?
1: Dog. I already thought they got us with that initial one. I was like, oh, that that got me. I jumped. I was like, all right, you sneaky little. It's like, okay, we're good. And then that just the way they, yeah, that was my review. You, I was like that jump scare, though. You know, you don't
0: even need to see the whole movie if you're curious. Just look up um, the Exorcist 3 hospital scene. It's better if you don't know it's coming, obviously. But I'm sure that's going to be the one that pops up. It's it's legitimately the greatest jump scare that's ever happened in the history of cinema. I, I don't think that's an overreaction at all. It's insane. Um, So highly, highly recommend it. I do like The Exorcist 3 a lot. So I, if it's not as good as The Exorcist 3... Honestly, that's a that's a four star horror movie for me, which is pretty high.
1: Yeah, that's
0: That's not that's not saying a lot. But again, I I just don't know. This is all going to be based on vibes because after this, I'm not I'm not going to see it this weekend. I'm not going anywhere near an AMC this weekend Uh, because the Taylor Swift movie is just, oh, it's going to be too packed. It's going to be too busy in there and there's not really anything coming out.
1: Are you willing to take the time to watch it now? Are you willing to wait like three months until it's out on HBO or something, or four Honestly, months, right? I
0: think maybe. I might be willing to wait three months. Yeah, I don't know though. We'll see. We yeah. we will see how I'm feeling.
1: Depends on the work work day, I guess.
0: Yes, that, that's that is very correct.
1: Nathan, real quick, we're now that we're on the topic. Uh, any any other horror movies in October that you've watched that are worth mentioning? Um,
0: Not to mention I've, all of
1: them, but just a couple maybe that were like, "Yep, that." I was mean.
0: Good uh Watch a Movie Scream if you ever heard of it mm. um that I really really enjoyed The only other I mean I I have watched rewatched quite a few horror movies but I haven't really watched any new ones The only one that I think was really worth anything Prince of Halloween Darkness oh. Well Halloween Town was really spooky I was very scared Prince of Darkness is a 1980s John Carpenter movie about what if a research team finds um a liquid version of the devil in a, in a church in an abandoned church, and then has to try and prove that the devil is real using science the whole time. This liquid version of the devil is escaping and wreaking havoc. It was entertaining. It wasn't like, I wouldn't say it's anywhere near John Carpenter's best, but I, I thought it idea. was decent. So yeah. And it was a really good premise for a movie. So maybe check that out. It's on Peacock. If you have time, it's called Prince of Darkness. Um, but other than that, all the horror movies I've seen so far in October have been rewatches. Um, I would like to say that the 2018 remake of Halloween, directed by the same person who directed Exorcist Believer, I think is complete and utter boring crap for the first third of it and is an excellent mor- horror movie for the last two thirds. So do with that what you will as well
1: i'm gonna have to revisit that is it on hbo
0: um no that one was also on peacock i believe
1: there's a i think all the movies are just on peacock this year it's quite a few because speaking of, few. of which sophie and i have just finished rewatching all of jordan peele's movies we just watched note tonight first time watching that since watching it in theaters dude wild movie um that is absolutely a movie that was better on rewatch which is really a nice feeling to have um, mm,
0: that's good that's good really enjoyed
1: hear. it understood a little bit more and i was like ah you know just putting pieces together forgot about a couple scenes that were pretty horrifying and i was like oh that's terrifying so when when jean
0: jacket. jacket swallows the people
1: and they're sh- yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah yep
1: yep yep, yep. Uh, um, also, what's funny, like, Loki, the scariest part of that movie is when he's getting pranked by those kids, and they're, like, those little alien things are, like, moving in his stable, and it's like, yeah, what I, is that?
0: I, yeah, I did not like that whenever I watched it the first time.
1: Um, so, yeah, we watched Us. Nope. I talked about Carrie last week, and we've talked about the extras movies. A movie that I've not brought up, that I have not watched, that I watched yesterday, and I watched it at 10 a.m. for a reason. I watched Wreck, a found footage mm. Spanish film uh that came out in 2007 bro just
0: I told you I told if you I had to
1: describe a movie in one word it's just anxiety I think is what I, is one of the the main word to describe it mm-hmm and uh, <clears throat> I I caught on pretty quick as probably many did like oh yeah okay I get, get kind of what's happening but at the end though I was like oh okay um, and I don't want to spoil it I know it came out 16 years ago. Um, yeah. And so, but it's good. It's on, uh, it's on prime video and, uh, very effective. And I, I left that in my review. I was like, I'm finding that like low budget found footage war movies are like the most effective horror movies for me. And I think the fact that they're low budget, they look, they're more real. They're more raw. Mm-hmm. And I think it adds to the, like the effectiveness and it being, it being scary. So good movie. I, uh, I don't know what I would have done if I would have watched that at like 9 p.m. with all the lights off. I probably should have done that just for the experience, but I'm awake. I,
0: I That's how I did it, and it was it was definitely one of those where I watched it, and I could actually probably go back and look at my diary from on Letterboxd from when I did watch it and then see what I did immediately after. But I'm pretty sure when I watched Wreck, I watched it and then was like, uh all right, time to watch a movie that's bright and happy and everything is good and
1: <laughs> time to watch so, Monsters, Inc.
0: <laughs> yeah, I honestly genuinely could have been something like that because I was like so freaked out after watching wreck. The ending of that movie is really terrifying.
1: Oh my god. Um
0: did did not did not enjoy. I can't find it now. Oh, I'm sure I'll find it later or something, but yeah, that when I when I saw wreck I was like this is oh um no, no, I, oh, I remember what I watched, I watched a uh, TV right afterwards. I think I watched a couple episodes of New Girl before I went to bed.
1: Hey, hey, that's good though. That's so nice.
0: sometimes you got to do that. All right. Yeah. Sometimes j- a man's just got to watch some New Girl so he can go to sleep in his uh, apartment because he lives by himself and he just watched a really spooky movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was <clears throat> the only one I've watched yesterday. I was like, whew, yep, that'll, that'll get you. It's so. going to
0: stay with you a while.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: All right. Well, that was it. We did a whole episode, and we went way too long. Congratulations to us.
1: Blame the Broncos for being so bad, because we wouldn't have talked about them for so long.
0: It's true. It's I'm your fault, Sean. So seriously, be better.
1: Be better. Yep. But uh, this has been an NFL Week Six preview of the regular season, uh, and talking about horror movies as we dive deeper into October, getting closer to Halloween. This has been Ooh. What Do You Want to Watch? It is spooky season, and we will talk to you all later.
0: Bye. bye. Yeah, okay. All right, seriously, bye.